Welcome to the Confidently You podcast. I invite you to join me, Amber, your host on a journey of coming home to your confident self. I'm so fulfilled with helping you transform your life by exploring your true potential and embodying the highest expression of your unique energy. With this podcast, you will find inspiration to own the magic of your individuality, master your mind and energy, and manifest the life you once thought was impossible. I'm here to tell you that confidence is not something that you earn, rather something you can unlearn. Unlearn the bullshit stories that play on repeat that stop you from living life on your terms and taking action with confidence. So if you love human design, manifestation, and shit that blows your mind, then you are exactly where you are meant to be. I already know we're going to evolve to a whole other level together. So without further ado, let's take the next step on your journey of becoming confidently you. Hello, Confident Soul, and welcome back to another episode of the Confidently You podcast. My name is Amber, and I am your host on your confidence-building journey. And today, I want to talk about clothes. I want to talk about your alter ego, which I call your confident soul. I want to talk about the the defined G-Center, the undefined G-Center. I want to talk about identity and how we can use clothing to either provide you with a sense of identity or to affirm your sense of identity. And that is all going to come down to your human design, whether or not you have a defined G-Center or an undefined G-Center. If you've been following me on social media for a while, then you may have noticed somewhat recently that I have been displaying my uh, interesting clothes a little bit more frequently lately. And there's a bit of a story behind that. Let's start with talking about my journey with clothes and how, how I came to be talking about this with you today. Ever since I was a child, I have had an interest in fashion. And when I say fashion, I don't mean like high fashion, as in I wasn't flipping through the high fashion magazines, you know, wanting to wear the things that they wore on the runway. No. What I mean by having an interest in fashion, I mean I had an interest in the clothes that I put on my body because I think now looking back on this as an adult, I always was able to sense that my clothes provided me with a sense of identity. And the clothes that I wore were kind of like the vehicle for my body to help me, to help guide my body and to help others guide my body to end up in situations that were aligned for me. Of course, when I was young, I wasn't able to put words to that and be able to articulate that in the same way that I can now as an adult, now that I have the language that I do to describe identity, to describe describe clothing, describe energy, etc. I didn't have that language before, but I had I had this heightened sensitivity about the way that clothes made me feel. And clothes either uplifted me or elevated me or made me feel energized or they made me feel like I had low self-esteem, low confidence, 
etc. Or that they just weren't, they didn't, they didn't represent who I wanted to be. And so this, I've had this feeling ever since I was a young age. And ever since I was young, I really cared about my clothes. It really bothered me when my mom would go buy secondhand clothes that I didn't get to pick out. So first of all, when I was a little kid, I had an issue with um, with wearing secondhand clothes. And that came from this idea that, oh, we couldn't afford to buy brand new clothes. So there was like this resentment towards me having to wear secondhand clothes because my mom wouldn't take me to go buy new ones. And so there was like some resentment there, but also because my it was my mom picking out my clothes for me at that point. You know, eventually I got to the, the age and the stage in which I was able to pick out my own clothes, whether that be at the store, you know, from the purchase point, and also to the point where, you know, I was around six or seven when I started picking out my own clothes for the day, right? So, yeah, so up until, you know, the age of six or so, it was my mom picking my clothes out for me. And so it was my mom who was choosing the identity for me. And so it felt very empowering for me when I got to the age where I could start choosing my own clothes, where I could start choosing how I wanted to express myself, how I wanted to represent myself, which identity I wanted to embody that day. Now, again, I didn't have that language when I was younger, but of course, these are the feelings that I had at that time in my life. When my dad who is my stepdad. So um, anytime that I talk about my dad on this podcast, I am referring to um, my stepdad. And my stepdad is the one that was more frivolous with money. My mom was a penny pincher and my dad was more frivolous. And so I always was excited when my dad would buy, would take me clothes shopping because A, his sister worked in a clothing store. So she had the same interest in, level of interest in fashion that I did. And so it always got me excited when he'd take me shopping at her store because it was a fun experience for me that I got to go pick out these clothes. They were nice clothes. They were name brand clothes. And they were clothes that felt really good to me. They felt like the clothes of the identity that I wanted to put on. And so I was really excited when my dad um, was the one who started to buy me clothes. And it was at that point, um, I must have been about eight by this point, seven or eight, that I really started um, caring a lot more about my clothes. I cared, I cared earlier, but I didn't have, I felt like a loss of control when it came to my clothes because I wasn't empower of um, picking them out at the store and so I was always like going through these clothes at my house and my mom had picked out for me and none of them really felt like exciting to me they never they never really felt aligned for me and so from about I'm gonna say about age of eight that's when I really started to get excited about my clothes I would like organize my closet so that um, I'd already have like pre-made outfits so I'd have say like a pair of jeans um, on the same hanger as my favorite t-shirt that went with those jeans. I'd like pre-select all these outfits that, and that felt really exciting to me so that when I'd go pick out my clothes in the next morning, I'd like pick one hanger and it'd have an entire outfit ready for me to wear. And (laughs) it sounds kind of silly when I look, when I think back and I look at it now, but 
then I also have to laugh because I do that same thing now. <laughs> I and, I and I'm going to get into that. I'm going to talk about my routine with clothes as we progress through the episode. Actually, let's let's talk about that right now. So now I'm 28 and if you caught the last episode, so we're on, let's see, episode 45 right now. So the last episode was episode 44, which is a, which was that live uh, hypnotherapy past life regression that I had on the show. Um, if you haven't, go and check that out because it's super cool. But anyways, at the beginning of that episode, I talked about how I've really been undergoing some internal shifts lately. And I really credit this to um, this internal shift the, the catalyst I felt, or at least the time and the, and the catalyst in time when I experienced this internal shift was in that past life regression hypnotherapy session. And um, a lot of things like became unearthed in me and immediately following that session, I got sick with COVID. My whole family got sick with COVID and that really knocked me on my ass. And I felt like I had reached a new spiritual rock bottom like I had I, there was no really it, it's hard to describe because rock bottom for me now looks different than it did say seven years ago when I'd hit a rock bottom from you know in my mental health struggles you know with my disordered eating with alcoholism you know etc that was like a whole other world of rock bottom and so uh, my rock bottom now <laughs> is more like in a spiritual aspect and it's 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 I overall still coming from a good place of health you know overall I'm still doing so great I'm I'm thriving but every now and again you're still going no matter where you're at on your spiritual journey you're still gonna have these really low moments and I really believe that those low moments are in place for you because they offer you polarity um, because polarity creates clarity. And so I'm, I'm really grateful for that rock bottom that I had because it catalyzed me to want to start being more proactive with my identity work. So identity work is something that we talk about inside of Confident by Design, as well as um, the past workshop that I did this past January, the goal setting workshop, talking about embodying your alter ego. Who is that future version of yourself that already has the confidence, already has the success, already has the money that you that you want, that is already living the life that you desire to live? Who is that person? And I call that person your confident soul. And so, you know, I've been I've been doing some proactive identity work for a couple of years now, but not I haven't pursued it as fiercely as I have now, like in the past several weeks. So since the end of January, it was January 31st that my partner got COVID and it was the next evening that I uh, started to display symptoms. So really like the end of January, beginning of February, that's when my rock bottom happened and the shift really happened in me when the portal was open. So February 22nd of 2022, the 22222 date, I literally felt this phys like this internal shift on me on a physical level. And it's so hard to articulate that because how does one articulate 
an internal energy shift. And I feel like you can only really understand that until you go through it yourself. But the closest thing that I can relate it to is the same sort of sensation that I felt when I went through my forgiveness ritual from forgiving my childhood abuser when it came to my sexual trauma. That was also literally a sensation of an internal energy shift that I could feel on a physical level. And it's the same thing that happened for me on the 222 date. I haven't really resonated with these portal days in the past or, you know, these these supposedly significant astrological events. I had never felt that significant of an impact from the cosmic forces until I did on that date. And now it's it's almost like if I wasn't a true lever before, you can sure as fuck believe that I am now. <laughs> because that internal shift completely changed my life. And, you know, again, I, I like to use the expression that, you know, my life doesn't look that different on paper. But on the inside, I feel like a totally different person. And one of those things that shifted in me was doing this active or proactive rather identity work and using clothes as a tool to do that. So um, during this shift, this uh, astrological shift, this is also when I was launching my second cohort of Confident by Design. So I was welcoming um, the second group of women into, into Confident by Design and I was undergoing this internal shift at the same time. I had received my financial blessings for the energetic exchange for those that had invested inside of Confident by Design. So in other words, I was being paid for my for fulfilling my sole purpose. And once about once a year, I like to go buy clothes. I, you know, I don't generally go to the mall like multiple times a year. You know, I don't frequently go shopping. Shopping is kind of like this once once a year sort of thing for me. And I haven't, uh, I haven't really done any internal investigation as to why that is. So I'm just going to chalk it up at this moment in time as it's a personal preference. I like to go shopping once a year. Maybe it's because it makes me feel more abundant because I can buy a whole bunch of clothes at once. And maybe that's what it is versus buying like one to two pieces a few times a year. Maybe that's why. Or maybe it's because every spring, it tends to be around spring, when I do this shopping, maybe it's because in springtime there's this renewed sense of energy inside of me and it feels like I want to start fresh. That seems more like truth to me. So I'm going to go with that one. I'm going to go with that answer because that feels like truth. So I've got all the, I've got this money. I've been blessed with financial abundance, wanting to go shopping, went to the store or I guess the mall rather, went to the mall and I picked out some I picked out some clothes that I liked. There's a pair of jeans that I really, really like. Um, and, I, and I had bought a few other things, but I recognized I was ovulating at the time. So I was physically high energy, um, but I was also high on my emotional wave. And so I'm very aware of this. And especially when it comes to shopping, I am very aware of my emotional energy when I'm shopping. Because if you're like me, if you're an emotional authority by human design, then you know what it feels like to go shopping when you are emotionally high and to come home and take the tags off your clothes and then a couple of days later immediately you are filled with buyer's remorse and regret because you spent you spent this money, you bought these clothes 
but you're no longer excited about them um, a few days later. But you were excited about them when you bought them because you were emotionally high at the time. But, you know, a few days later, your emotions come down and all of a sudden you've lost the connection with these clothes. And I truly believe that clothes have energy, which we will get into um, a little bit further. But, but anyways, you know, you lose that connection with your clothes. So I'm very aware of this behavior that I have. Um, and so I've deconditioned myself or I've, I've cultivated enough self-awareness that I know how to combat this behavior so that I don't experience the negative side effects. So I give myself permission to go shopping, to buy the clothes, you know, to, to feel out the emotion while I'm at the store, you know, pondering, do I really like this clothing or is it just making me happy in the moment? So that's kind of like the step one. But then step two for me is taking the clothes home, trying them on, seeing how I feel once I'm in my home space, so in my kind of like my neutral emotional energy space, do I do my emotions change about the clothes? How do I feel when I see the clothes with the rest of my existing clothes? Do these new clothes go with my existing clothes that I have? And another thing that's huge for me, I started leaving tags on the clothes. <laughs> I leave tags on the clothes for like about a week after I buy them, um, just to make sure that I truly still have that emotional connection to the clothes, that I still feel like it was a sound investment. And if I don't, I return them. And so this most recent shopping trip at the mall, I returned like 60% of the clothes that I bought, maybe 70% of the clothes that I bought. I kept a pair of jeans and I kept a shirt and I think I returned everything else. I bought like six other articles of clothing and I returned them all. Except for a pair of jeans and a shirt that I really liked. And But I really wanted new clothes. And I still had money in my budget to, to go buy some clothes. And so I decided to give online shopping a try. And I generally don't prefer to online shop because I like to be able to touch clothes. I like to be able to sense the quality of clothing that I'm buying and that's hard to do when you're shopping online obviously but nevertheless I went on a whim and I bought like 20 items from a store online and I got really excited and I kept them in my cart for five days so again you know following my emotional authority um you know, making sure that these clothes felt aligned for me. And throughout that period of five days, I took some clothes out, you know, added an article here and there. Um, but for the most part, I kept the same set of clothes in that cart for five days to make sure that my, I was going with my inner authority, that I was following my version of intuition. And ultimately I did. I bought these uh, 20 articles of clothing, got them home, super excited about 95% of them. There are three things out of the 20 that I am going to return. Um, but ultimately I'm pretty happy. And it was so funny because, and here's the part where the identity aspect is coming into this. So these clothes that I bought, they were, they, they went with, or they go with, I guess not past tense, present tense, they go with my existing clothes, but it's a little bit different. And it was so funny because after I hit the, the, the pay for cart button or like the pay now button, I had an oh fuck moment. And it wasn't because I had just spent hundreds of dollars on clothes. That's not what the oh fuck moment was. It wasn't about the money. It was actually this feeling of, of, holy fuck, 
I am about to have a shift of identity. I am about to receive these clothes in the mail and these clothes are about to offer me or they're about to provide me with a sense of an up level, an up level in my identity. These clothes are providing me or one step further towards providing me with the identity of that version of myself who has the life that I want, that is my most confident expression, my, mo- my most authentic, authentic expression of who I am. And that was an oh fuck moment for me. That was like, okay, this means that I am shedding a bit of my past identity because with buying these new clothes, I also had to go through my closet and get rid of some clothes, right? So I had to make space for these new clothes that are coming in, both on a physical level, but also on an emotional level, spiritual level, energetic level, having to make space for these new clothes. I had to make space for the new identity that I was welcoming into my life. And that was that was an oh fuck moment for me. And I had to do some, I had to do some rage dancing. I had to do some, some calming of my ego. I had to give my ego some tender love and care and be like, no ego, no. There's nothing to be afraid of. We are still Amber. We're just moving on to that next version of Amber. So that is kind of like how my most recent journey with clothing has gone and it has inspired me to want to talk about using clothes as a way to step into that next version of yourself because now that I've received these clothes and at the beginning of the episode I mentioned you know maybe you've been following me and you've noticed that I've been posting um to my stories and stuff like that um about my outfits more because I'm excited about this new version of myself and I feel like I'm finally fucking ready to be seen. I'm ready to fully put myself out there and with these with these new clothes, I feel like I've now had the confidence to start making reels, making TikToks, um putting makeup on and I don't mean like caking makeup on my face. I mean investing 5 minutes every morning to washing my face because let me tell you I was not washing my face properly for a while there (laughs) I was washing it but I wasn't like really getting into it and I wasn't like really getting into my nose wasn't really getting into my forehead I was just doing this really sort of lazy half-hearted face clean and now I really truly devote that five minutes to myself every morning where I invest that love into myself like hey I'm taking care of you I'm putting energy into you I'm investing energy I'm investing love to you today and that changes you that elevates a person that gives me momentum for the rest of the day and so when I say makeup you know I I got some tinted moisturizer you know I've been putting eyeliner on every day I've been investing a few minutes of energy into my hair Um, you know I've been doing these little things that that really help me that help me provide me with a sense of identity and I want to talk about that. I want to talk about the difference between, you know, what this looks like in terms of your human design. So let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about the undefined G-Center first. So if we're looking at my chart, 
I have an undefined G-center and I have an undefined throat center. So that means that I, in like the truest sense, I am a social chameleon. So not only do I reflect the identity, which is G-center or identity center. So not only do I reflect the identity of, of the people that I am around, but I also reflect the voice of the people that I am around. And that has been two really, those have been two really big points of deconditioning for me and still are, like they are still something that I find challenging. And actually when it comes to this podcast, this podcast is frankly a true journal or a documented journey, if you will, of my deconditioning process with my throat center and my G center. Because if you were to really listen to this podcast, like if you were to binge listen to it and from start to finish, you would notice quite a change in how I express myself. And it's not because... And it's not because there was ever an intention that I was trying to express myself in a way that was inauthentic. It's that it was out of my awareness. It was that I didn't realize that I was speaking through a voice, speaking through an identity that did not belong to me. And it's, and it's, I've had to do a lot of internal forgiveness around this because this podcast, I want it to be influential. I want it to be impactful. I want it to help be a catalyst for you to change your life, but it's not going to do that if I'm using the voice or identity of somebody else. And there have been so many times over the past couple of months, I've had doubts about myself and said, should I scratch the podcast? Should I erase what I've done so far and completely start fresh? And I've had to tell myself, no, You need to forgive yourself for the fact that it was out of your awareness. You didn't know that you were speaking from somebody else. You didn't know that you were, you know, projecting other people's identity or who people thought that you should be. You need to forgive yourself. And the right people that have, you're going to attract the right people the more authentic that you choose to show up on your podcast. This is all like internal, internal dialogue that's been going on for me. And thank God I have, you know, my podcast manager, Erica. I've got my partner, Jeremy, who does my editing for me. Thank God for them because without their support, I probably would have lost the energy to do this podcast a long time ago, simply out of self-doubt, you know, like constantly asking the question, like, who the fuck am I? And if there's anything that I've learned, it's that I, I may not know who I am because I am designed to experience myself in in multiple ways I'm not meant to experience myself in a singular way but just because I doesn't don't know who I am that doesn't mean that I don't know who I am not so that's where my boundary has become it's that I may not know who I am but I certainly know who I am not and I can choose to show up in these different versions of myself and that can be authentic to me as long as I am honoring the, the fact and not showing up in the person that I know that I'm not. And so it's really been that permission slip to, you know, use clothing as one of those avenues for me to experience myself in, in an infinite number of ways. So I feel like I digressed, but anyways, so 
this is me showing up to my podcast and, you know, doing everything that I can to just go with the flow, allow my undefined G-Center to just come through, allow my undefined throat center to just come through. I am very talkative. I have six gates activated in my undefined throat center, so that's really interesting because I... uh, I tend to shock myself with some of the things that I say sometimes and I have to just go with with the things that I say and um, yeah okay let's get back to let's get back to talking about what it means for the undefined g-center so let's compare clothing for the defined g-center versus the undefined g-center and these are all simply observations of mine. So this is not something that I've read. Oh, that that reminds me what I was going at. Where I okay, I kind of come back to this undefined throat center for a hot minute because um, there was a thought there that I didn't quite finish. So Eden Carpenter, one of my mentors, I came across a post of hers a couple of days ago, and it was talking. She was talking about how profiles, so certain profiles. So I'm a two four profile, which is the hermit opportunist. She was talking about that she'd noticed some some common conditioning with profiles, and that the profile numbers commonly people find themselves conditioned to behave in the number that is below them. So for me, that would be one and three. And so, because I'm a two, four, so the numbers below that on the hexagram are one and three. And that people that are, say, two, four, like me, tend to be behaving as if they are a one, three. So feeling like they need to, in, in order to feel confident or to feel like they're living up to their potential, they find themselves dipping into the one, three. And the one, three is the investigator martyr. And holy fuck, she she completely blew my mind when she said that. Because that is exactly what I was doing. Coming back to this podcast about how I felt like, you know, I was showing up in a certain way. And it's because, so I have this undefined G-center um, and undefined throat center. So that means that I'm really susceptible to conditioning in the first place. But then coming back to this idea that I've been conditioned to behave like a 1-3 and that I've been showing up feeling like I have to be an expert, feeling like f- feeling like I had to have all of the answers, which that's the role of the 1, by the way. So the 1 is supposed to have all the answers and the 3 is the one that's meant to have gone through all of this experimentation to get the answers. And so I was showing up to this podcast feeling like I had to be that person, feeling like I had to be the one three. Whereas the two four, which is me, the two four is meant to share things that they're excited about, meant to share about the things that, you know, feel good to them um, and to allow themselves to be seen in that process. And so that is one of the things that gave me the confidence to to create this episode. Because in the past, even though I have done so much to try to decondition myself away from this I couldn't help but escape the feeling like I had to show up and be this expert show up and be this expert that knows exactly what she's talking about and so I'm stopping that right here and now I am saying fuck that I am not an expert I've never I've never called myself an expert I've never prided myself on being an expert why do I try and show up as an expert so that that I just triggered myself to remember that when I said that these are observations and, you know, when, when it coming to coming to the defined G-Center and the undefined G-Center. So 
Um, yeah, I'm going to make a point of saying that these are observations of mine that I'm about to share with you. By no means are these cold hard facts. These are things that I have observed and this is what I am believing to be as true. And if you're listening to this, then you get to receive this any way that you want to. So let's talk. Okay, let's get right down to the nitty gritty and start talking about defined G versus undefined G. So these are my theories. These are my observations. And this is what I have concluded based on conversations that I have had um, with both those that are defined and undefined G. So let's talk about the defined G center. So G center, we are looking at the fourth shape down on the body graph. And if you have, so it's like that diamond that's on the sternum area of, of the body graph. So if you know that you have a defined G center when your G center is colored in, and when you have a defined G-center, you inherently have a strong sense of identity. And if your G-center is connected via a channel to your throat center, then you are really here to verbally express yourself through your sense of identity. So for the defined G-center, strong sense of identity. And when you're in alignment with the center, you change for no one. You know who you are and you stand behind that. You know what your values are and you you are a personal magnet for um, opportunities to come to you in life. So you magnetize the people, the opportunities, the synchronicities, the circumstances, the locations. You magnetize all of that to you. So when it comes to clothing, I have been playing around with this language of when you have a defined G center, and this is really only going to apply to people that have an interest in clothing. So if you have a defined G-Center and you don't give a fuck about clothes, then you may not resonate with this podcast at all, <laughs> with this episode at all, but that's okay. But I've noticed like with undefined or with G, with the defined G-Center, there's either like this strong sense of, um, of interest in clothes or there's like this, I don't give a shit about clothes. I found that that's kind of like the two polarities there. It's like, yeah, love clothes or no, don't give a shit about clothes. And, but for the defined G center, whether you like clothes or not, I really see as clothing as being a way for you to affirm. It's a way for you to reinforce that strong sense of identity that you have. And with that defined G-Center, when you put these clothes on, you are increasing the magnetism of your inner magnet that attracts those people to you, that attracts those locations, those synchronicities to you, that attracts life to you. So it strengthens that magnet that you have inside of you and you are affirming that magnet by saying, yes, this is me. These are the experiences that I am choosing to magnetize to myself. And so let's say, for example, let's say um, you are, you're going to a job interview, right? You know, you've heard the expression like dress for the job you want, not the job that you have. 
Well, for the defined G center, yeah, you might be dressing for a job that you want and maybe your clothes are going to be slightly different than what you normally wear to wear to that job. But regardless, you're never going to put something on your body unless, of course, it's like a costume for Halloween. But you're never going to put something on your body that takes away from that sense of identity that you have. And I've got a couple of examples here for you. So to compare the defined G-Center versus the undefined G-Center, I want to look at two iconic movie characters that I think that almost anybody will know about. So I want to compare Elle Woods from Legally Blonde. So this is Reese Witherspoon playing Elle Woods in Legally Blonde versus Katie Heron from Mean Girls. So the character that Lindsay Lohan plays uh, Mean Girls, Katie Heron. And so I really see as Elle Woods being the defined G-Center and Katie Heron being the undefined G-Center. So Elle Woods, let's talk about her. First of all, I want to do a completely entire episode on Elle Woods herself because I think Elle Woods is literally the epitome of confidence. And so I want to do an episode on her. But let's, let's for the sake of this episode, let's talk about her clothes. So kind of the storyline that happens with um with Legally Blonde is so the movie starts out very quickly like Elle thinks she's going to get proposed to by her boyfriend oops jokes on her ends up breaking up with her but anyways like before she even goes to that dinner where he's going to propose to her she picks out an outfit that you know who is who is that version of me as Elle that is going to get proposed to? How can I allow that identity of me to shine through? How can I affirm that identity so I can send that message to Warner that I am ready to be proposed to, right? And in this outfit, she like represents who she is and she radiates confidence. And throughout this whole movie, she wears a consistent theme or she sticks to a palette, which is pink, right? So she, there's this strong theme of pink and like pastel-y type colors um, in her clothing. And, and so, and that really affirms who she is. And if you notice, like her personality does not change throughout the movie. Elle has a strong sense of who he, who she is no matter where she is. She moves across the fucking country and she just has this strong sense of inner direction. Like she knows where her life is taking her. She knows nobody except Warner where she's going. She doesn't know anybody in Boston. She only knows Warner and she has no idea how things are are gonna show up for her unfold for her she just has this undying faith like I'm fucking getting into law school I have no backups I know exactly where I'm going I'm gonna become a lawyer and I'm gonna get my boyfriend back of course she chooses at the end of the movie not to get her boyfriend back but nevertheless she has this strong inner direction and she knows where she's going and even though her outfits, they change a little bit throughout the movie, right? So she wears these clothes that support her identity as a lawyer. So she's stepping into that shift in a role that she's playing. You know, she's, but, but it's so funny because Elle, before she even becomes a lawyer, she already has the identity that supports that of a strong lawyer. So she, she she advocates on behalf of those that don't have a voice, also because she has a defined throat center. So, okay, let's take a step back here. I don't know these things. Obviously, I can't look up the human design of a fictitious character. These are like 
conclusions that I've come to through the observations that I've made through watching these movies. Like, okay, this behavior that Elle has completely depicts what it's like to have that uh, defined identity center, right? So these are conclusions that I've made up. And so she really behaves as if she has this defined throat, uh, defined G and defined throat center. So Elle already has these strong characteristics that make a good lawyer, right? So it's not like she changes her identity. She doesn't change her personality to step into that lawyer identity. She already has those aspects about her that she simply solidifies and strengthens on her journey of becoming a lawyer. And so you can see like in the middle of the movie, she starts wearing black more frequently, right? But on her first day of law school, she wears this like green greenish sort of suit that she wears and and she starts dressing more sophisticated but even though she's dressing more sophisticated it is still an ultimate reflection of her identity because she still has that l flair to it it's not like she's wearing boring boring suits like i'm picturing in myself when they're when they're um you know, preparing for their trial, and Elle's wearing this beautiful black dress, but it's got this white, floofy sort of collar on it. Like, even though it's black, it's still a strong resemblance of her character. It's not some boring black suit dress. It's like a, a charismatic and uh, individualistic sort of black dress. So she's always expressing her identity through these clothing, and there's a level of consistency in the clothes that she wears. So her clothes are unique. They stand out just like her, her personality. She has that strong sense of self, and no matter who she is with, she is showing up and being the same person in every group that she is in. She doesn't change for no one. She has that strong sense of self, and she even points this out at the end of the movie when she's um, when she's become valedictorian for her class. One of the things that she says that you must have a strong sense of self and you must always have faith in yourself. And that is like totally <laughs> the divine G center. And so you really see this as Elle like using these clothes. And it also is helpful that Elle loves clothes. She loves fashion. She has a she has a she has a bachelor's degree in fashion merchandising. So you really see that, you know, someone who loves clothes and has this defined G center, they change for no one. Their roles don't change. They show up as that same person in no matter what the situation is, and that those clothes solidify, affirm, and reinforce their identity. So that's really how, when it comes to, so if you have a defined G-Center and you're listening to this and you're wanting to, you know, step into that next level version of yourself, start looking at who you already are. Start looking at your current level of identity and how can you strengthen who it is that you already are. And this is going to mean taking a look at your values. So analyzing your values. And that's something that we do um, in module three, if I'm not mistaken. No, module two uh, inside of Confident by Design. I have you analyze those values so that 
so that you can gain a sense of like, okay, who the fuck am I? The defined G center always knows who they are. And maybe you just need a little reminder. If you don't, if you're feeling lost in that sense, that defined G center, you are designed to have that strong sense of self. And it is your strong sense of self that is going to magnetize those opportunities to you. So look at Elle, like look at the opportunities that she pulls to her. Elle pulls people to her. Initially, she doesn't fit in, right? She's this weird, you know, quote unquote, high maintenance chick from California who's like, who? The, how the fuck did you get into law school, right? But she's like, no, I'm fucking here. I did the same L sets that y'all did. I went through all of the same work that you did to get here. I fucking belong here. And initially people are repelled by her because she triggers them, right? Like, who's this chick? Who who does she think she is to be here? But eventually, she magnetizes people to her when she is unapologetic about who she is and who she shows up in her identity. And she draws these experiences to her. She becomes valedictorian. She gets the position um, to work in in that law professor's practice, um, she, she gets a job right out of, right out of law school. She ends up making really good friends. She attracts her future husband to her. So like all of the, and the friends that she makes, like she magnetizes people to her. That is really a strong representation of what it looks like for a defined G-Center to be living in alignment, being unapologetic about who you are and showing up as that version of yourself every single day. Elwoods, let's talk about Katie Heron. Katie Heron. Okay, I'm going to find myself going back and forth between Katie and Katie uh, because they totally do that in the movie because of the way that her name has spelled. But anyways, okay, so let's talk about the undefined G center and let's talk about, so the, I'm undefined G, right? So let's talk about clothes for the undefined G. Well, we're using our example of Katie Heron. I have pinned her as being the undefined G. Of course, remember, I have no way of confirming this. This is totally just through observation. So I really see her as being the undefined G center. Um, you know, she is uprooted by her parents growing up in Africa for the first, what, 16, 17 years of her life. All of a sudden, lives in the United States, feels totally lost, like ends up eating lunch in the bathroom on her first day because she has no sense of that inner direction. And she hasn't been guided by anybody where to go. So, okay, let's talk about what it means to have an undefined G-Center. So looking at the body graph, fourth shape down in the sternum, it's going to be white. And when you're undefined, you might have a couple of gates activated. So those numbers that are inside of the G-Center, you might have a couple of circles around them, or you might be like me and have a completely open G-Center or identity center, same thing. So for me, I'm fully open. So that means that I, it's really easy for me to feel lost in my sense of life direction. Um, I have zero consistency in how I show up and in who I am. And my identity and my personality are completely dependent on my environment. So that, as you can see, makes me really susceptible to peer pressure, really susceptible to conditioning by others. And that is something, that's like this whole fucking storyline of Mean Girls, right? Is that Katie, she, so she, she's moves from Africa, finds herself in the United States through the guidance of her parents, has to go to school, you know, doesn't meet anybody 
on the first day ends up eating lunch in the bathroom by herself. So she has a horrible first day. And then the next day ends up befriending Janice and Damien. And they pull her on their on their life trajectory. They pull her into um, into life, their life in high school. And they teach her about the plastics. And then synchronistically, so the plastics being Regina, Gretchen, and Karen. So then synchronistically, Katie happens to be walking by them, gets approached by this guy asking her if he want, she wants to have her muffin buttered. And she's like, what the fuck does that mean? And then the plastics happen to be there and rescue her from that. And they pull her into coming to sit with them. And so Katie finds herself being pulled um, in these different directions. And so when she tells uh, Janice and Damien, like, hey, Plastics invited me to come sit with them, she's very easily influenced by these people to follow their suggestions. They say to her, yes, you should go and pretend to be Plastic. Well, little do they know, Katie has an undefined G-Center, and sure, she can pretend for so long, but Katie is a social social chameleon. She morphs into any social situation that she finds herself in. And yeah, initially there's that little bit of a struggle because there's the culture shock, right? Because she's never been to the U.S. before. Like she's never immersed herself in the U.S. culture before. So yeah, there's initially that culture shock. But it doesn't take long for Katie to morph into plastic, one of the plastics, right? And so, and that all kind of, that all really becomes a catalyst for her when she starts to seek revenge on Regina for kissing Aaron Samuels. And so Katie willingly morphs into becoming plastic, but it becomes like a second nature for her, so much in fact that she doesn't even realize that she is morphing into into becoming a plastic until finally it hits her one day like a big yellow red, like a big yellow school bus, right? So that's kind of the joke um, throughout the movie, or like the imagery that they use, like for these bringing these sudden realizations on is getting hit with a yellow school bus. So Katie does not realize how much that she has morphed into plastic by the time you know we get to that point where Regina. Um, Regina gets gets hit by that school bus and then suddenly you know it's that evening and Katie's mom is wondering like who the fuck is my daughter and she like doesn't even know what to believe anymore because Katie has just morphed into this other person and finally she finds the tribal vases under the sink and she's like why are my tribal vases under the sink and it's because Katie had a party and didn't tell her parents and Katie's like I don't know and then her mom's like well, these are the tribal vases of the Undabella tribe or something like that. And she's like, doesn't that mean anything to you? And Katie's like, no. And then her mom's like, who are you? Right? She says those words. Who are you? Because Katie has no sense of inner identity. She, she, and for the first 17 years of her life, she had the identity of her parents. She had the identity of you know, this life in Africa, her life in Africa really influencing who she was as a person. 
And so she was heavily influenced by her caregivers. And then all of a sudden she gets immersed in high school. And it's like, okay, she has influence from Janice and, Janice and, and Damien pushing her to go and pretend to be plastic. And then finds herself immersed in plastic and morphing into a plastic. But then she also has a crush on Aaron Samuel. So she tries to behave in a way that um, is going to attract the attention, the attention of Aaron Samuel. So her personality, her identity is all over the place. It is one big mess. And that is kind of, that's what makes for the interesting storyline is that you see her going from here to here to here and the way that she just does that. Whereas when we come back to looking at Elle Woods, you know, also moved across the country, there was no changing. She was Elle. She was Elle Woods. She's showing up as that same person no matter what situation she found herself in. But then when we look at Katie, it's like, oh, when I'm with Janice and Damien, I'm chill. I'm chill. I'm, I am I can laugh at the plastics. You know, I'm a little bit more carefree. Um, and then finds herself with the plastics and she has to really watch what she says. She has to be, you know, careful about who she is. She has to be careful about and intentional about how she presents herself to these people and she really starts dressing very differently so coming back to tying this back with clothes so you see at the beginning of the movie katie wears jeans and t-shirts that's that's her character and as she morphs into plastic you see her starting to wear pink more frequently you start to see her wearing more um clothes that aren't so casual like jeans and a t-shirt she's wearing more skirts and throughout the movie the skirts get shorter and shorter and shorter and she graduates to wearing high heels instead of wearing like sneakers and flip-flops and stuff like that so she really like gradually takes these steps towards becoming a totally different version of herself and then finally you know we get the hitting the hit by the bus thing the catalyst that makes that that uh, causes katie to have this this sense of retribution like she's got to make up for all the shit that she the shit that she caused since coming to the school and then the last person to lead her on a path back to alignment is miss norberry so the teacher the math teacher miss norberry guides her and helps offer her a sense of direction of where she can go you know making her join the mathletes um, because she knows that that's where Katie belongs. Katie will find a sense of belonging in the mathletes because she's good at math. She excels at math. Um, it's something that aligns with skills that she has and knowing that, okay, this is the path that Katie needs to go on for her retribution. And then also telling her, guiding her to be in the right place at the right time. So that's the other thing about having an undefined G-Center. And you know, with the undefined G-Center, you are geomagnetic. That means people in your life guide your path. So the defined G-Center has that inner sense of knowing about where their life is going, but the undefined G-Center, they receive that from their environment. So Miss Norberry here guides, guides Katie to go to Mathletes, and then they win at Mathletes, and then, excuse me, and then tells Katie, tells Katie like we're gonna go to prom now we, we're gonna show off our trophy we're gonna show up in our jackets and we're gonna show up at prom and Katie says well no I can't go out I'm grounded and but Norberry Miss Norberry's like you're already out right you got to forgive yourself at some point you're already out let's go and which is kind of funny because at any normal teacher 
probably would have been like, you're right, we should go with what your parents are saying, you're grounded, let's take you home. But for whatever reason, Miss Norberry, defined G-Center, likely, has this strong sense of identity and knows where she's going, brings Katie to the prom, guides Carrie to Katie to the prom, and that ends up leading to the synchronicity that Katie is meant to show up there because she wins Springfling Queen, right? And that is when she has her ultimate retribution that ultimately helps her come back to her sense of who she is of who she really is and she's able to have that formal apology all of which is her receiving guidance the entire movie is her receiving guidance from one direction to another whether that be a person location clothing all of this is guiding her life so let's so, and then she ends the movie. She's actually talked about all of these different identities that she's had throughout the whole story of the movie. She's, she goes from homeschool jungle freak to shiny plastic to the most hated person in the world to actual human being. That is her journey of different identities throughout this movie. And her clothes helped create that. So let's talk a little bit about clothes and the undefined G center more specifically. So with the undefined G specifically, I really see clothing and as being a as as a way for you to, to provide yourself with a sense of identity. So for a little bit of polarity to create clarity, let's come back to the defined G center. So defined G center when you wear clothes it's about affirming and reinforcing your strong sense of identity, but for the undefined G-Center, it's about providing you with a sense of identity. You experience yourself as the undefined G. You experience yourself in an infinite number of ways. You are not here to experience yourself in a singular way. And those clo- that clothing, that is your environment, right? You don't come out of the womb with clothes, right? They call it a birthday suit for a reason. It's because you're naked when you come out of the womb, right? Anything that you put on your body, anything that you expose your body to is, is your environment. And so when it, in terms of embodying your future identity, in terms of embodying that alter ego, your confident soul, Start thinking of your clothes as your environment. They are dressing your vehicle so that your vehicle can find those opportunities because you don't magnetize them to yourself like the, like the, like the Define G-Center does. Your environment does the magnetizing for you. So this is going to be the rooms that you sit in, the environments that you find yourself sitting in, the people that you spend time with, the clothes that you wear. So if you have an interest in fashion and you're listening to this, find a way to be more intentional with the clothing that you wear. So this for me, I had to really sit and think about this for myself because, you know, I've been wearing clothes that I love for a super long time, but when I hit that sort of spiritual rock bottom, you know, a month and a half ago or end of January, whenever that was, I found myself constantly gravitating towards sweatpants. And don't get me wrong, by no means am I condemning sweatpants, right? But for me personally, 
when I was wearing sweatpants every single day, just throwing my hair up in a bun, you know, not really washing my face, not putting any makeup on, and not, and again, not that I'm saying you have to wear makeup to be confident, but just for me personally, what it means for me to be able to invest those five minutes in myself every day, when I wasn't doing that, I was telling myself that I'm not worth it, that I don't love myself, that I don't want to be seen, I don't want people to see me. And when I hide myself, I reduce the chances of those, of I reduce the chances of my environment doing my magnetizing for me because I'm not going to find myself in the right places at the right time with the right people because I wouldn't I wasn't providing myself with the identity that puts me in those positions and so I really had to start becoming the person and start embodying that version of myself that confident soul I had to start becoming that person that that finds themselves in the right environments, that is that person that's open to receiving lots of money, that is open to, that's open to receiving those ideal clients, that's open to being guided to the right situations in life. And my clothes are that first step, the way that I can do it, the way that I, the way that I represent myself as a person, my clothes are going to are going to provide me with that sense of idea, identity, I mean. My clothes are going to be one of the vehicles that my body uses to find myself in that right situation. Because people are gonna look at me and they're gonna determine, like likely subconsciously, they're gonna determine whether or not I'm meant to be pulled in that direction or not. So the defined G-Center is going to pull me, the undefined G center, it's gonna pull me and it's gonna and it's going to determine do I want that undefined G center person in my life? Are they are they an energetic match to me? So I I needed to become that energetic match to be to find myself with those right people in those right places. And that started with my clothes. And, you know, it's only been a few short weeks that I've really found myself, you know, getting excited about the clothes that I put on, thinking about, okay, which version of myself am I going to experience? Which version of myself do I want to experience? And so now I pick up my clothes the night before. I pick up my clothes and I think about, okay, where do I want to find myself tomorrow? Where do I want to be pulled to tomorrow? Who is that person? And I start thinking about that version of myself that I want to be, and I pick out the clothes that I believe that I am a vibration, that would be a vibrational match to that experience so that I can make myself towards that. Versus the defined G-Center is going to be like, which experiences am I magnetizing to me? Who am I attracting to me tomorrow? Versus for me, as the undefined G, it's like, how can I how can I be that person that other people magnetize towards them, right? Slightly nuanced difference, very slightly nuanced difference, but it is different. There is a little bit of an, there is a difference in energy behind that. And so, yeah, so now I pick up my clothes and I I care about the quality of my clothes. 
So again, coming back to this idea how I had trouble with uh, online shopping because I couldn't determine the quality of clothing. And so the quality of clothing, so those three pieces of clothing that I did decide to return, it's because I didn't feel that the energy of the clothing was substantial. I didn't feel that the energy of clothing was strong. And if the quality of my clothing, and I don't mean it, I, I don't mean a high ticket item, I should clarify. I don't buy at this at the time of this recording, I I am modest when it comes to price points of my clothes. I'm modest in that sense. Um, and I don't like to wear brand name clothes. Like I'm not that person that wears sweatshirts that have a big logo of a specific brand on the front of a clothing. I'm just, I'm not interested in brands. And maybe that's because I feel like a brand gives me that brand, like I take on the identity of that brand when I wear it. And I don't like that. I want to be Amber. And so when I wear a specific brand and it's splattered on a t-shirt, it's like, no, I'm not, I'm not Levi's. I'm not Lululemon, I'm not Calvin Klein or whatever the fuck, you know, all those brands that are out there. I'm not Nike, I'm not Adidas, I'm Amber. And when I wear a t-shirt that has a brand name on it, it feels like I'm stepping into that identity, which I don't want. And so I, you know, at this point in my life, I uh, invest moderately at, at the, in the price point of clothing. And so when I talk about quality, I'm talking not about brand name. I am talking about like thread count. I'm talking about, you know, thickness of the clothing. Like, is this piece of clothing going to last me more than a year, right? There are clothes in my closet that I've had for years because I am very particular about the quality of clothing that I buy. And if I don't feel that a quality is substantial, then I'm not going to keep it. I'm not going to buy it. So, um, yeah, so that is also important to me. And a part of that has to do with the energy that is in clothing. And so energy of clothing matters, especially when you have, you know, that undefined G center and you want to make sure that your vehicle is magnetizing you to where it is that you want to go well, that means that your clothes need to be an energetic vibration to that. That means that your clothes need to be of high quality. Again, I don't mean high ticket items. So start thinking about the quality of your clothing. How does the energy of this clothing make you feel? How do you feel in this clothing? So that's another thing when it comes to defined G versus undefined G, when it comes to affirmations, right? And this is something that I teach inside of Confident by Design. You know, when you have a defined G center, it probably feels really good for you um, when it comes to affirmations, saying statements of I am. So saying, I am confident, I am beautiful, I am magnetic, etc. Versus the undefined G center, when you say phrases like I am, then that gets really wrapped up in a label for you. And labels can be very limiting for the undefined G center. So I recommend with the undefined G center when it comes to affirmations in affirming your sense of self, say I feel because then you're not attaching attaching um, these affirmations to your identity, which is so fluid. 
and then which becomes uh, limiting to you when you say I am. So when you say I feel, it's like you are stepping into the flexibility of who you are and you don't need to attach anything to your sense of identity. So I prefer I feel. So I feel confident. I feel beautiful. I feel magnetic. What? How can my clothes affirm that sense of feeling in me? So that is now... That's now what I do. <laughs> so let's tie this all together. I'm getting to the, I think I've talked about everything that I want to talk about. So let's tie this together here. So take a look at your clothes. Take a look at your human design chart. Are you defined or are you undefined in, in your G center? When you're defined, do your clothes affirm that sense of who you are? Do they reinforce who you are? Do they represent your identity? If they do, be unapologetic about that. Show up like Elle Woods. No matter which social situation you find yourself in, you are meant to be the same person and you are meant to magnetize life to you. So start doing so unapologetically and do that with confidence. And know that you can be unapologetic and know that you can be confident when you do that. Versus when you have an undefined G-center, take a look at your clothes. Do you feel that they represent those different versions of you? Is there enough fluidity in your clothing? Do you feel that they provide you with the identity that you want to step into? And clothes are going to be a really powerful thing for you. Um, as well as your environment. So taking a look that you spend the most around, taking a look in the rooms that you spend a the most amount of time in, do they feel magnetic to you? And so that is totally the case for me in my office. I have set my office up in such a way, feng shui the shit, of my, shit out of my office, but I've set my office up in such a way that it feels magnetic for me. I feel like I'm stepping into that CEO of Confidently You, stepping into that podcast host, stepping into that coach, stepping into that storyteller, stepping into that guide. I feel that way when I am in this room and when I show up and my clothes also represent those different versions of myself that I want to experience while they also magnetize me towards the experiences that I want to have in that confident soul, in that alter ego version of myself. So take a look at your clothes. You might want to do, it's springtime. <laughs> you might want to do some decluttering. You might want to take some, you know, be removing some clothes that maybe you've been holding on to that past sense of identity that no longer resonates with you. Maybe you've been holding on to that. Maybe you can shed some layers of identity that no longer serve you, whether you're defined G or not, right? Because just because you are defined G doesn't mean that aspects of your identity are not going to change. It just means that you ultimately experience yourself in a singular way and you show up as that same person, whereas the undefined G, they're going to show up and step into a role for, that's going to be different with each group that they find themselves in. So take a look at your clothes. Do they represent the identity that you currently have? Slash, do they provide you with that sense of identity that you want to have? Okay, well, I think that is it 
for this episode. I am going to leave it at that. And before we before we sign off here, um, I want to invite you to check out the Confidently You freebie library. So if feng shui, if you have an undefined G and you want to you know, find out a little bit more about feng shui, I invite you to go check out episode 14 if you haven't already. I've got a quiz in my freebie library that tells you what your dominant element is so that you can start incorporating that into a space that you spend the most time with to help increase your environment's magnetism for your geomagneticness if you're undefined G. Um, so that you can start using your environment to magnetize those experiences for you or using your environment to magnetize yourself towards a, experiences that you want to have. So go ahead and check out the Confidently You freebie library. You can do so. Um, that's going to be in the show notes, but you can also just go to confidentlyyou.ca and it's going to be one of the, uh, top tabs on the screen and it's going to prompt you for a login and you'll get access to... Get access to that feng shui quiz, but also get access to Abundant by Design, which is my free money masterclass. So I'm going to start talking about money a little bit more on the podcast. I've been feeling really called to do that. Um, Yeah, so if you are wanting to optimize your environment so that you can also magnetize more money towards you, I invite you to go check out that freebie library. It's got some goodies in there and it is expanding. I will be putting some more free resources in there in the near future. So I invite you to go and check that out. All right, but that is it for this episode. Um, I would love to hear your feedback on this because remember, this is me just talking about my thoughts. This is me talking about my theories. I did not read this in a book anywhere. These are not cold, hard facts. These are observations that I have made. So if you had any breakthroughs or if you had any light bulb moments or if you were like, fuck yes, Amber, you are speaking my language. I want to hear about it or... Alternatively, if you disagree with what I've said, I likewise would love to hear from you. So feel free to screenshot this and tag me in your Instagram stories, Facebook stories, or leave a review for this podcast. I would super appreciate that because this is still a learning experience for me. Remember, I am not claiming to be an expert on on this. These are purely my observations. So I want to hear your feedback on this because that's also going to help me on my learning journey about human design. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. This was so much fun to do. Um, I've actually been video recording at this time because we have some plans to have some video uh, podcasting done as well. So stay tuned for that. Um, Yeah, so I had so much fun with this. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I am truly honored that you have entrusted me to fill your cup with all the good stuff. If this episode blew your mind, please show me some love by downloading and subscribing. A small, simple action that helps me share my mission with more people. Did you have any major breakthroughs? I want to hear about them. By screenshotting this episode and tagging me on Instagram or Facebook, you can follow me on Instagram at confidently.amber for daily confidence building tips and updates about my workshops, programs, and freebies. I'm sending you so much love and gratitude, and I look forward to connecting in the next episode. Mwah.